Hi, folks. Welcome to the Great Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Smith, and this is where we discuss five big topics, the gospel, relevance, evangelism, apologetics, and training for Christians, all in relation to the truth of God's Word in Genesis as the seedbed of all Christian doctrines. Now, what we're going to be covering today is this question, where do human rights come from? You see, It's interesting to me to observe that generally people understand that they have value and will often fight vigorously to defend either their own or others' perceived rights derived from stated laws in whatever country they live in. It's even more intriguing to discover that most of them can't give a robust answer as to why they have some kind of inherent value or worth or where their supposed rights originated from. And it's also fascinating that often the same person demanding justice against the actions of others with reams of reasoning as to how he or she has been offended and why recompense is owed to them will often claim that human beings are the result of random materialistic processes fully endorsed, uh, you know, atheistic in their ideas and, and fully endorsing the concept of evolution. But are these concepts truly compatible You see, whenever someone declares that someone has done something wrong, they communicate that they believe there's a moral law and that the offending party acknowledges or should acknowledge that law and that the perpetrator of the offense has broken said moral law. But moral laws must also have an origin, a moral lawmaker. And if there's no moral lawmaker or lawgiver above and beyond human beings, then who's to say which human being has the right to impose their beliefs on others? In fact, the the mantra that's often heard in modern society is that people should just have the right to decide right and wrong for themselves. But that's clearly not tenable in a society where human beings must, you know, live in harmony with one another. You know, I've often heard moral relativists declare that each society is responsible for determining right and wrong for the people in that society. But in that case, to use the most extreme uh, example, of course, Wasn't Nazi Germany right for butchering 7 million Jewish people? I mean, this acquiescence to the concept of society, uh, societal morality was similar to the way that the Nazis argued during the Nuremberg trials. They declared in their country at that time it was legal for these people to be killed, making such actions lawful and therefore not immoral. However, of course, the argument offered by the Allies against the Nazis Um, society's determined morality defense was that there was an existence of a higher moral law that made the destruction of innocent people unlawful, illegal, and immoral under any circumstances. In fact, they argued in defense of an absolute moral law that transcends simple human reason, uh, reasoning or, or determination, which, whether they acknowledged it or not, is ultimately God's law. You see, those who've embraced the concept of societal morality should understand that they may find themselves on the wrong end of an imposed moral law that dismisses their rights completely, as any rights they presently have are ultimately derived from whichever human system they currently belong to. So where does your worth come from? You know, I remember hearing uh, this tale years ago, and I can't verify whether it's true or not, but anyway, it'll make my point regardless, of a husband and a wife in England, uh, you know, that fortuitously discovered a vase in a junk shop. You know, the couple were browsing when she saw this item, liked it, and purchased it for 10 British pounds. It's around 20 bucks Canadian. 
Now, as the story went, the husband, you know, didn't see the point and thought it was, you know, just a poor decision to buying this thing. But like many of us husbands often do, decided against, you know, protesting uh, against his wife's wishes uh, too strenuously. Now, However, once it was home and on their mantle, you know, he often made negative remarks about its looks and presence in their house and mentioning they should just get rid of it until one day they happened to be watching a television program featuring antiques and collectibles. And the program showcased a vase which remarkably looked remarkably similar to theirs, which sold for over 100,000 pounds. Now, the husband suddenly became very protective of this item and, and decided that they should investigate its construction and workmanship by, by getting it appraised by experts. And to their delight, the investigators determined that their modest thrift store acquisition was in fact very valuable indeed. And they managed to sell it for over 130,000 pounds. Now, the question we can ask is this, what changed the husband's mind? Why did his perception as to the value and worth of his wife's impulsive purchase change from thinking it was a frivolous throwaway item to embracing it as the best decision that she'd ever made? Well, simply put, he discovered its origin. It had not originated in a junk shop in England. It was molded and manufactured in the Ming Dynasty made by a master craftsman. You see, the origin of something determines its meaning, its meaning determines its value, and its value determines what you should do with it. Similarly, if human beings are just a result of evolutionary forces, if we originated in some primordial swamp with no purpose or meaning behind our existence, then we have no inherent absolute value. And if we have no absolute value, then we also have no absolute rights. Similarly, if we originated by chance processes, so did our minds. I mean, the, the very ideas imposed by minds, which are the result of random chance, should not be trusted to determine anyone, uh, anyone's rights. However, the realization that God created man, as he revealed in Genesis, has profound, transcendental, lawful, moral, and practical, ethical implications. Ultimately, human beings have inherent value and worth because of their incredible creator, Jesus Christ. Ultimately, your value comes from your creator. And even though we have, you know, we're corrupted in nature and sinful in our actions, God deems us of such value that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's John 3.16, of course. You know, the greatest, great Scottish theologian Samuel Rutherford once eloquently quoted this. Oh, what love Christ would not entrust our redemption to angels, to millions of angels, but he would come himself and in person suffer. He would not give a low and base price for us clay. He would buy us with a great ransom so as he might overbuy us and none could overbid him in his market for souls. If there'd been a millions of more believers and many heavens without any new bargain in his blood should have bought them all. And all these many heavens should have smelled one rose of life. Christ should have been one and the same tree of life in them all. Oh, we underbid and undervalue that prince of love who did overvalue us. We did not sell all. We have to buy him. He sold all he had and himself too to buy us. It is indeed a paradoxical marvel that our gracious God 
knowing that his creations would rebel against him, completely unworthy in and of themselves, deemed us worthy of the willing sacrifice of his son from before the foundations of the world. So the takeaway is this. We have rights in spite of our wrongs. God has indeed overpaid for us. But in doing so, he's applied even more value to the undeserving souls that he saved. If you appreciate this content, please visit the AnswersInGenesis.ca website and consider donating to the ministry. And whatever platform you're accessing this on, it's likely got some combination of features that allow you to subscribe, like, or share, perhaps do a a review. We'd really appreciate you taking the time to do that because hitting all those buttons, those bells, those whistles, it's probably the best thing you can do to help us continue to do outreach. So until next time, I'm Cal Smith. Blessings to you and yours. Mm -hmm.